Hey guys, welcome back to the Hole in One Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bull. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. And please also remember to rate and share the podcast, which will really help us grow and help us share more golf and stories, which is the aim of the podcast. Joining me on this episode is a great golfer, a New Zealander who is also a very proud Cantabrian from Canterbury in the South Island, New Zealand, golf professional, Sean Jones. Sean is currently playing on the Alps Tour over in Europe, and he's based in Bern, Switzerland. The Alps Tour events are played across France, Austria, and Italy, but Sean also has played in Egypt and even further afield on the tour. The Alps Tour is a feeder tour for the European Challenge Tour, with pros chasing a top five place on the order of merit in order to graduate to the Challenge Tour. Sean explains how previous Alps Tour winners, such as Mike Lorenzo Vera, and Matt Wallace used the Alps Tour to gain entry to the Challenge Tour and later found success on the European Tour. Sean talks me through his journey from amateur golf in New Zealand, what he learned from playing against future European Tour player Ryan Fox, and how he transitioned smoothly into professional golf. Sean shares some very interesting stories from tour life and explains openly the realities of playing on a satellite tour whilst also working on his game, as well as battling through injuries and also improving his mental game and trying to make a living. Through his preparation, Sean is now seeing results and chasing his first win on tour. Sean also talks about his new YouTube golf channel, Jonesy Golf, where he shares some great professional tips, as well as catching up with other tour professionals and provide, providing behind the scenes footage of life on tour. Thanks very much for joining me on the Hole in One Golf Podcast and sharing some great insights, Sean. Please also remember, to subscribe to Jonesy Golf over on YouTube and also reach out to Sean for help and make sure you follow him on Instagram at sean.jones.180. Hey Sean, how's it going? Hey. Hey, how are you? Good. Very good. Oh, thanks very much for, for joining me, mate. All right. Sweet. So, uh, you're, so whereabouts are you based then at the moment? Bern in Switzerland. What's the tour you play on? I play on the Alps Tour. Alps Tour, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I mean, would you just mind telling me a bit more about how, how like you first kind of, I know you're a New Zealander, aren't you, but like where you're from and how you got into golf and where it all started, basically? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there are pictures of me holding on to a golf club when I was about two or three years old, but... Oh, wow. I, Properly didn't start playing golf until I was about 14. Yeah. So, um, uh, soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, was my first first uh, choice sport. Yep. So I played played from like, I think I was three years old to 14. And then I put the soccer boots away and got out the golf <laughs> and started, started having to go with that. So, oh, nice. And obviously mainly through my father. My father yeah. played golf, so he uh, took me up to the golf course every weekend, which was cool. Yeah, sorry, is that down in was that done in Christchurch? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, born and bred in Christchurch. Um, played my first golf club as a member was McLean's Island. Yeah. Uh, and then quickly quickly realized that if I joined Russell Golf Course, it was closer to my school and I could get to Get to golf fast and score on a bike. So, oh, that's yeah. awesome. And obviously the, the junior program that they have at Rusty Golf Course is, you know, second to none. So yeah. it was probably one of the best moves I made as a, you know, in my golf career, to be honest. Oh, wow. Cool. So, I mean, how, how did you kind of get better as a junior, you know, to keep on improving and stuff? Um, uh, like there was always guys that were better than me. Yeah. Always. Always. Um, I like I was never I was never great. Um, there were always guys like it took me a long time to get into the Canterbury team. Yeah. I think I was about nineteen when I got into my first Canterbury team and that was actually the senior team. So I didn't get into any junior stuff. Wow. 
Um, yeah, but there was, yeah, there was guys, you know, that were going to turn professional or were professional at Rusty Golf Course. So I was always sort of looking up to those guys. So, I mean, were you just like super hungry to, you know, keep getting better and stuff and get into that, you know, team? Yeah, mate, I, I think it's honestly, I think it's just, it's me in general. If yeah. I start something, I want to do it properly. Um, and then obviously I got the itch to be good at golf. And, you know, even nowadays, I'm still, I still practice my butt off. Um, nice. You know, you, yeah. Sometimes you look back at a day that you've practiced and you're like, holy, I did a lot. Yeah, definitely, yes. Guys don't do that work in two weeks, yeah. let alone doing it in, you know, a six-hour gap in one day. So always trying to get better. So always on the range, always sort of, you know, I like that mentality of first on the range, last off. I like that sort of stuff. Oh, that's cool, man. And like, I mean, as, as a amateur then, so you said there's always people better than you, so you're always kind of, you know, trying to aspire to, you know, beat those guys and stuff. And like, what, how, did you have a good amateur career though? Like, would you say, or like, did you win any tournaments or um, well in events? No, no, I mean, I like, I wasn't a New Zealand, New Zealand rep or anything. No. Uh, obviously, like New Zealand squad was obviously the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty hard to get into New Zealand. Yeah squad you know when you know you got ryan fox and ben campbell they're obviously the two they were the two sort of guns um at, in the new zealand squad so they were hard to beat um but you know like i did play my fair sh- fair share of tournaments played a couple of new zealand amateurs and um played you had some good results though didn't you i think yeah new zealand amateur i mean i think the, the first one i went to i think i missed the carton can't even remember it but the next one i went to was a couple years ago a couple years after yeah and i managed to get into the semi-final of the match play which was which was pretty cool because uh all my mates that i was with they were all dropping out like flies and we were all checking out their hotel and i actually checked out the hotel when i saw i had to play ryan fox and um managed to beat him and had to go back to the hotel and ask for an extra night's day. Why so, did you do that then? Like, did, I mean, was, is it just cause he was a big name and stuff like that? Obviously. Yeah. He's yeah. I was a nobody. And, um, yeah, the, the kid, you know, Foxy back then was, he still is long, long now, but, uh, I think I'm probably within probably 40 meters of him now, rather than back then I was within about 70 meters of him. So, <laughs> Um, so you've gained you've gained about thirty meters there. That's that's good going. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I think I'm sneaky long now, but obviously yeah. been doing doing lots of good lots stuff. of work now. So how did you um, beat him? Like, I mean, because you you were saying like you weren't really expecting because he was like a top seed or whatever or the favorite. Like, how did you manage to pull that off? Well, I, I remember quite well. I shot five under and beat him two and one. Um, it's a good game. Isn't back, it? Back then, I think five under was probably my best score ever. Yeah. And, you know, like Foxy been Foxy. I've, I've had a lot to do with Foxy over the last few years. He's absolutely, you know, a sound guy. Um, oh, yeah. I was always I was always talking to him about how do you shoot, how do you shoot low? Because I could never break five under par. Mm. Um, and then, all, you know, he just said, you know, keep knocking on the door. It's going to happen. And then I think I went from five under to eight under. Oh, nice. You know, like a, so I missed six under. I missed seven under. But I went straight to eight under, which was quite cool. It just happened out of nowhere, like he said. Um, but, yeah, a few years later, I had to play Foxy again in the um, interprovincial. Mm. That was a, and he dusted me up. He, he dusted me up <laughs> proper. I think he beat me something like six and six and five or something. Had no chance. I mean, you still beat him the first time. That must must have given you quite a bit of confidence, though, isn't it, to beat you know the top sort of seed in that one? Yeah, it was it was nice. Um, I think it was actually the following year. New Zealand amateur was at my home course, Rusty Golf yep. Course. 
So I was pretty excited about that. And uh, back then they used to have the stroke play before the match play. So it used to be, I think it was 72 holes. And then obviously the top 64 guys qualify yeah. for the match play. So it was it was two separate tournaments, two different trophies. And Foxy won the stroke play and I finished second, um, which, was, which was pretty cool at my home course. But then That's we awesome. got into the match play. I think I got knocked out in round three. So she was, she was yeah. over pretty fast. Um, but it, that is match play. Like anybody can yeah. beat anybody on the day. And I think that was probably, you know, when I did beat Foxy, it was probably like my mindset, I probably shouldn't be here. So why not just, you know, just let it happen and it happened. And then I actually beat Ben Campbell the next round um, that year which was pretty cool as well because he was obviously in the New Zealand squad. Um, and then I, I got done. Uh, I lost one down to the eventual winner in the semi-final. Australian lad, he won it two years yeah. in a row. So what, I mean, what happened then? Did, did you decide to turn pro at that point or was there still, you know, a few amateurs? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. So I spent probably like, I didn't turn pro until I was 27, I think I was. So quite, quite late, but I did spend sort of nine years playing for Canterbury with one wow. year when I, I went away and played. I went and lived in Australia, in Melbourne for a yep. year and a half, um, which was an unbelievable experience. I got to play Huntingdale Golf Course. I was on the sand belt. Yeah, there's loads uh, of good courses there, aren't it? It's really famous yeah. area. Like. Yeah, yeah, I highly, highly Definitely rate recommend sand belt golf courses. <laughs> yeah, I'd absolutely love to get back back yeah. there in my obviously golfing career but yeah then I, I did go back to New Zealand uh, at that stage I was having trouble with my my wife was having trouble getting visas into Australia because I wasn't Australian and I hadn't been there that long so we felt like it was going to be easier if we moved back to New Zealand mm-hmm. and she can get in uh, get a hopefully a visa in New Zealand which did end up that way but so I got back into the Canterbury team I think I spent another like two or three years and then I finally finally made the move and turned pro um, you know I, I always wanted to turn professional but I think I was pretty comfortable and you know my dad said just try it if you don't try you don't know like if you go and you fail at least you try it you don't want to get that you don't want to get down there you know like you know 30 40 years old and go i wish i did try no so yeah that's sort of what made me go and i just went to new zealand q school and there was a twin eight guys there and eight guys got the card for the New Zealand PGA and I knew I knew two other people through playing you know province golf so I was like who are all these people <laughs> who, who are they? I was like there's no way these people can beat me yeah and um, sure enough it was blowing a gale it was a Norwest Norwester in Taupo yeah at Centennial Golf Course and I was just I think if I remember rightly I think I had about 24 three irons off the tee or something I never got my driver out just hit oh, three iron no. along ground and it ran a because it was so it was bone dry and yeah um and i ended up i won the q school by seven. Oh wow that's good um <laughs> so that that was how i got into professional golf and then um yeah it was it was, it was pretty cool actually going and playing for playing for money and it was nice to get a paycheck and oh yeah so obviously you went so you won your first money because you won that took the q school in was it no 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 there was no no money involved no money. there it was i think it was like the week after or something i got yep. to play whitford park i think it was it was a pretty fast turnaround. I don't even think I went home. Oh wow, one week. So what? How did you get on there? Like, were you on a bit of a roll at that point? Like after winning? Q-Sport? No, I honestly, I honestly can't remember my first <laughs> first paycheck. I mean, I've won three pro ams as a yeah. pro. Um, like nothing serious, but I think my first I had. I don't know if you've heard of the Kiwi Pro. So it's, it's a bit of a pay and play tour. Yeah, no, I've heard of the. Uh, is that like the Charles Tour? Is it or is that the Kiwi Pro? Is the one? Uh, uh, the Kiwi Pro. Kiwi 
pro. Like anybody can play. It's just a yeah. day and play. So, and then um, mm. Peter O'Donnell, he was doing it, him and his family, yeah. and they were, they were putting quite a lot of money into it. So oh, wow. for us, it was really good. Uh, but for the family, they were losing money because they weren't getting the numbers that they were hoping to get. So uh, I played as many as I could yeah. with those. <laughs> Um, and I, I never won one. I finished second. I think I finished second 11 times before I won an oh event. Oh, my God. Um, and then I finally won Waitangi Pro-Am. Don't know if you played in Waitangi. It's it's a magical place. We had an absolute stunning day. Um, I shot six under. I think I won by one, and that was my first win, and my yeah. wife was there. Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty special. And then... Yeah, it's a pretty following. famous place in New Zealand, isn't it? White, Waitangi is... Uh... Yeah. Like where they oh, got the treaty and stuff. Absolutely, yes, yeah. Very, very magical place. I I've seen the course. I didn't play there. I just, I just, we went on a tour around there, you know, and went to Bay of Islands and all that. I think the cool thing amazing. is you could, you probably play that course for thirty or forty dollars. Like it's, no way. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's not very That's expensive. That's the crazy thing about around here, isn't it? It's yeah, such good value. Like. I actually can't remember if it was one day or two day. It's been. Um, Four years since I played. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, and then t- t- tell me about the one you won. You went overseas, right? And then you came back and you and you won a big pro am and then you know shot really good score and stuff. I think you shot six. Um, yeah, that was. So I won like the Napier pro am as well. Yeah. Which was pretty cool because it was on my first wedding anniversary. Oh wow! Cool. So I I had to say it in my speech. So my wife wasn't there, so I literally got away with that one. And then, <laughs> um, I think. The following year, we went back. Well, I went back to, and I played again, and I, oh, you I won managed it twice, to win yeah. it again. Yeah, I won it two years in a row, which was pretty cool. I think that was because I did come back from Switzerland and play a few few events. But oh, I've got it. Yeah, so I think they are my only, they're my only three wins. But well, it's yeah, good to have won, won a couple of things, isn't it? Yeah, no, I know, I could imagine. Yeah, but um, uh, tell me a bit about that sixty-three and the set, the second time you won it. And like you were, how how many under were you after the first nine? I think you're talking about New Zealand PGA. Oh yeah, sorry, I got it mixed up. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, New Zealand PGA. Yeah, it was 63. It was eight under par because it was past 71. Par five on the back. It's normally a par five, and for the tournament, they played as a par four. So, um, oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, really, it could have been nine under, but <laughs> I'll take eight under. But take eight under. Yeah. That was in the second round. So the first round I shot yep. four under par and then the second round I went out and shot eight under par. I think I was leading by two shots or one shot going into the weekend. Yep. But unfortunately I shot one over one under on the weekend and finished uh, fifth or tied fifth. Wow. It just shows it's a pretty, pretty high standard, isn't it? Like, to, yeah. You know, but it was, back fifth. it was sort of one over one under on the weekend, but I do remember it quite well. I had a chance to win yep. coming down the stretch on Sunday um and i hit a ball i think it was on 15 the par, oh 14 the par 5 hit the ball up the right hand side up the trees oh no uh, there was probably 150 people up the right hand side and nobody ever saw it come down so it stayed up so i had to go back reload got it obviously made double um and ended up missing out in the playoff by two shots so Oh no! It was it was gutting, but I did have a I did have a chance to sort of be there, so it was quite cool. No, you're in the mix, like so. I mean, like when when you shot 63, um, you were eight under. Were you eight under after eight or eight under after nine? But like, yeah, were you I thinking was eight like under after, I was eight, eight <laughs> under after eight holes. I had two eagles and four <laughs> birdies, so it was pretty it was pretty cool. I don't know if you know the golf course Hokowick in Palmerston North. No, I don't. So um, I don't. But the so the guys that do know the two par fives on the front nine, it was so windy. I hit three wood six iron onto both par fives and made eagle. 
Wow. So norm wow. normally it's driver, three iron on the first one, maybe a little bit less. And on the on the on the one along the fence it's definitely driver three iron, three wood to the green. So it was yep. so windy I just had three wood off the tee. Um you needed right like this. And between those two par fives is a really, really tough par four. Um and normally you're quite happy if you go four, five, four through that through that little stretch. But I went three, three, three that day, so it was pretty special. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, missed it in the bunker short on the the ninth tee, and I the pin was at the back, and so it was about a thirty-five, forty meter bunker shot, like not the easiest shot in the world, yeah. and I've hit it to an inch. <laughs> and at that time, it was like, yeah, today's my day. Tap it in. And I do remember walking up the tenth hole. And the one of the Australasian tour um, directors or something, he come out to actually ask if my scorecard was correct because they wanted yeah, to get into so the earpiece. <laughs> so yeah, I did like shot eight under. I think the next best score was probably four under that afternoon. So that's what they actually, read really in there. Like, are you are you sure that you need this? Yeah, that, that's why I said I, I said <laughs> I can't even do this on a PlayStation. So just just let me ride the wave. Um, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, sure. the back nine. Um, yeah, I was so I was so in the zone. I was walking along, and I had a friend tap me on the shoulder. I didn't even know he was there, and I nearly shot himself. Yeah, and he said that he'd been following for three holes. But oh, I was so far, God. I was so far in my own world. I didn't even know he was there. It's probably like been probably a couple experiences when I've been in that situation. But unfortunately, on the back nine, I could only manage uh, one birdie, which was the par five. And then I three putted um, the par three 16. So one birdie, one bogey to end up shooting eight, eight under. But yeah, I was definitely thinking 59 after sort of yeah. eight holes. <laughs> I still a great score, isn't it? But yeah, it's uh, you must have been thinking, wow, 59's yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take it. So... Oh, for sure, yeah. So eight under is actually my personal my personal best. I've had eight under yep. four times. Wow. Um, the first time I shot eight under was in the was Canary match play qualifying, and I it was at Templeton Golf Course, and it was a thirty six hole day, and I shot eight under in the morning, and went out in the afternoon and shot eight under again. Oh my God! To back to back. So like, like I was saying before, I literally went from shooting five under to eight under. It just happened. I missed six, I missed seven, and then I just did it again in the afternoon. It was unreal. Like, yeah. like did you do anything different? Like, how did, did did you sort of change your mentality, or did you just like let it happen? Or no, like when when you're playing when you're playing well, you're just playing golf. You're just getting the ball yeah. in the hole. Um, obviously, you don't, you're not really thinking that much, and obviously, you, you know your swing is your swing is feeling good, so you're not really thinking yeah. too much. You always have to. Or for me personally, I always have to think of something, you know, like I need a, I need a trigger to, to get my swing going. If I stand over the ball and I'm thinking nothing, you know, I don't even know how to take away the golf club. So I'm always thinking about something. When you're playing well, you're normally thinking of one swing thought, maybe two. When you're playing bad, you're thinking of every swing thought. And it's changing every hole, you know. So yeah. yeah, when you're when you're playing good, you're you're just playing golf. You're just getting the ball in the hole. You're just going from hole to hole. And yeah, obviously, if you you don't think about your score, it's very very hard to not think about your score because as a golfer, for me anyway, I always know what I am to the card. I don't think there's been many experiences when I've actually got to the end, added up my scorecard, and I was like, oh, I actually shot that. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> you always you always know what you are. You know, one under, one over, whatever it is eight under eight over you know you know what you are yeah 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 i mean like when obviously you shot two two eight unders in an amateur tournament i mean you must have smoked smoked the field in that qualifier um honestly i think i 
I think I qualified by, uh, sorry, I won the qualifying by maybe three shots. Oh, wow. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Over, yeah. Over Jordan Bakerman's. Um, yeah. Very, very good golfer from Canterbury as well. Unfortunately, I think he's had some back issues, so, yeah. which has sort of hampered his career. But, um, how did you find the transition going from the amateur game went to when you turned professional? Like, what, what did you, what were the main differences and, you know, what was the standard, the different standard and that sort of thing like? Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit. If, like, if you think about it, if you force yourself to think, oh, I'm now I'm professional, now I'm playing for money, mm. now I've got to be better, then obviously you're going to struggle. But as an amateur, like nowadays, you can actually play big professional mm. events to get experiences. Yeah. So I had a lot of experience through Canterbury, playing province golf. And yeah, I turned up to, you know, pro-ams and half the guys already knew, I knew through, you know, from the past sort of five yeah. or six years yeah. because I'd played as in their province. I felt at home straight away yeah like in the new zealand pga those pro-am tournaments i felt home straight away which was good like mm. i think if, if you're scared of it <laughs> if you're scared of it you're going to struggle so i yeah i felt the transition was easier than i've heard some people say um yeah. because yeah. i played a lot of province golf the only thing that you know it's all you now you've got no teammates you've got nobody paying mm. for you it's, it's all you. If you wanna, if you wanna go to the the golf course and sit in the bar and drink four pints and not practice, and yeah. then you go don't yeah. get a paycheck, it's it's you. Yeah. You know you you don't have any teammates to say, you know Jonesy, you can't do that. So that was that was the only thing. It's it's all you. But I was like golf is a very very selfish game, especially when you're trying to get better. Like it's it's all you. You know. You know I was at the gym this morning at six o'clock. Yeah. It's all you. Nobody's there helping you. Nobody sees that sort of stuff. But you've got to, you've got to get it done. If you don't get it done, then you know you don't deserve to to go. You know to get further. You know your natural abilities can only take you so far. Um, but yeah, as I I, lo I love my province. I love Canterbury. I always wear you know Canterbury colours in every event because yeah. it's red and black. So a lot of people think Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods, but it really yeah. means it really means Canterbury. Like I, I love Canterbury. Um, and if I do go back to amateur status in the future, I'd love to play for Canterbury again. Um, but it was, you know, there was a few things that were upsetting me that pushed me out as well. We had a squad of eight, eight or ten guys, and Canterbury golf. They were all forcing us to go to the gym. Yeah, that was good. That was fine. But only four of us wanted to be there. The other six guys didn't want to be there. So what took us two hours to do, I could literally do at home in 40 minutes. And I had to do that two times a week. And I was like, I'm pretty sure like I walked away a couple of times in tears because I got told, like I'm, I was a role model because I was the oldest of the group. Yeah, you're the oldest, yeah. So if I don't do it, then I'm not in the team. And I, you know, so I had to, wow. I had to go. I didn't want to be there. So... But I, I also wanted to play the interprovincial because it's the biggest event mm -hmm. of the year. Um, and then as soon as that was over, then I was like, okay, I'm going to go do pro. I'm going to be a pro now. Yeah. So. That sounds pretty cutthroat. That does like. <laughs> well, you know, like they were trying to find the next. They were trying to make us go to the next level, which is absolutely fine. That's good. But you can't force people to do something they don't want to do. No, so I mean, some people just don't want to. I mean, their game isn't. 
you know, going to the gym and stuff, is it like, you know, there might be yeah, a exactly. Exactly. Can't do it like and and we're all we're all different sizes. Yeah. Um I, I'm still scared of it now. I still think about it every time I go to the gym. I watched one of my very good friends dislocate his shoulder at the oh gym. God. His golf uh sort of never went any further oh and he God. was so talented. I just I I watched it in slow motion and he had somebody spotting him. Like yeah. not saying that he didn't want to be at the gym, but you know, we're all different. We're all yeah, at different levels. Fair. You know, I was 26, 25, 20, 27 years old. And these guys were 17, 18, 19. So obviously yeah, their body's going to be different to what I am. You know, they're still growing. So I still think about it every time I do a shoulder <laughs> press. It, always, it, it makes me scared, to be honest. Because, you, you know, one slip up, you're like that. Like how serious that shoulder was. He's... Yeah, I mean, especially with golf, like you've got to be so careful with what you, what exercises you do and how you do it and stuff, haven't you? And the weights you yeah. use and all that. And like, it's not just about going to the gym, is it really? Like, you know, it's a lot more true. No, I mean, yeah, a lot of people go to the gym to stretch. Yeah. You know, like, I've been through my phases of going to the gym and not going to the gym. So, like, I, I'm in a phase at the moment that I've been in a phase for probably the last two years. And I love going to the gym. Before that, I didn't go to the gym for like four years because I hated going, so I didn't yeah. go. And then like, you know, straight out of school, 18, 19, I loved the gym. So I've been through stage, like yeah. phases. Um, have you noticed it made it much difference like when you have sort of focused on, you know, doing the right exercises and stuff and, and not and actually enjoying going or wanting to go? Like, has it actually helped your game, you know, in one way or another? Or? Um, I mean, I think... I, I'm in the gym for different reasons. Like obviously fitness is quite key. Like as yeah. a professional, you're playing like mentally, you've got to be mentally fit because you're, you know, you're playing two practice rounds and then you're playing a three day tournament, you know, on, on the big tours, you're playing a four day tournament. So it's four days in a row. And like come Monday, you're, you're absolutely knackered. So, um, I do it for fitness, Yeah, but I also do it because, I am 34 years old now and I'm playing against guys that are 18 and 19 and you know, like I'm, I'm a little bit addicted at the moment trying to get my swing speed up. So um, I've got it up three miles per hour sort of in the last what three months, which is quite cool. Um, But I'm sort of, I'm looking forward to the winter break because I want to push even more to see where I can get to. And obviously if you watch golf on TV, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. They all have uh, said uh, 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 and they're all winning. So, yeah. you know, I know they say drive for show, putt for dough, but, you know, the longer you hit it off the tee, the closer you are to the green. The closer you are to the green, the better chance you've got to get it in the hole. So, it's not um, the one thing that you're kind of trying to improve at the moment. It's just like your swing speed, or are you working on a whole different. Stuff. Um, I'm I'm always working on my golf swing. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> always got something wrong. It's it's a little bit unique when you put it into slow motion and look down the line and watch it. Yeah. Um, some some people say it's natural ability. Where I get it, because it's not by any means perfect. Like I would not teach anybody to swing it like me, but it works sometimes. <laughs> 
It looks but good always, from what I've seen. Like, you know, it, on all your videos and stuff, you know, it looks like you've got a really good swing and you seem to hit it, hit it straight. Yeah, and I, I'm not, you know, I would like to say it's, I would like to say it's consistent, but it's yeah. not. Um, <laughs> there, I do have some, some tendencies. I do have a, a little bit of an early extension that I'm always trying to, trying to work on, mm. uh, which, which gets me to like push it out to the right. So, I do hit quite a lot of pushes. Very rarely I do miss it left, which is nice. You know, I don't know if they, yeah. you heard the saying, a one-way miss. It's not really a one-way miss, but it's, sure, I can hit a draw, I can hit a pull, but I very rarely hit a snap hook. That's good. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, no. I can also, yeah, I, my main miss is out to the right, a big push, so. I mean, is that the only, is that one of your weaknesses at the moment that you're working on? Um, like, is that one thing that sort of held you back in the past? Um, not really. Not really. I, like, I've never been a good ball striker. Um, I do hit a lot of thins, but they're controlled thins, like... Thin to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, those, those <laughs> thins that go straight and they still fly the same number. They go low and stop by the hole and, and check up. Yeah, like. yeah. So they're <laughs> controlled, what I call a controlled thin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mental game probably is a big one for me. Like I've, yeah. I've, I'm very, I'm very passionate. You know, like I don't think I can ever get that out of me. Yeah. You know, I'm passionate when I'm shooting eight under par. I'm passionate when I'm shooting eight over par. I just, I, that's I, good. I, though, right? that's good. Expect the best from. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like nerves and stuff, I get very nervous nowadays. Yeah. Like even more than oh, I used more to. More now. More and more and more. Like I can go and play a, a Monday tournament here in Switzerland mm. and I'm nervous. I can tee it up at Golf Park Morsay where I practice here in Switzerland and I'm nervous. But I think nerves are good. Like nerves mean you actually care. Yeah. For me. It's just how, it's just how you control them. Um, so I've been doing that quite nicely lately. I've been I've always wanted to just get to like the third or fifth, you know, third or fifth hole and just start playing from there because I'm always calmed down by then. Like I sort of get into a flow. So I've almost, almost think if I can start par, 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 I'm, in, I'm on a flow. Like I'm in, I'm in the tour, in the round. So, um, but yeah, every day, every day I get nervous. It doesn't matter who I'm playing with. Um, it's just how I control it, I think. And then, yeah, obviously, yeah, I'm very passionate. You know, I expect the best out of myself. I, like I say, I practice my butt off. I work, do the hours. So I expect to sort of get something. But do you feel like sometimes you put too much pressure almost though? You know, like you're maybe like, I really want maybe. to do the best all the time. And then maybe, you know, like I'm also, I feel like I'm also getting to like the end of my playing career. So I'm sort of trying to push, 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 push. Yeah. Because if, if I don't push now, then I, I can't push, you know, so... You know, who knows? If I turn up and I win next week, then your playing career is back on. Like, you know, yep. you can have two two good weeks in a row. Any tour in the world, it can sort of not change your life, but it can, it can change your yep. career. Yeah. Like where you get where you're going. So one good week or one or two good weeks. Um, yeah. So like, how how did you end up going over to play on the Alps tour then? So I married a Swiss girl. Uh, I met her in New Zealand. 
Yeah. I was actually playing. I was in a plane for Canterbury. I was away in Wellington <laughs> playing the interprovincial, and I met her on the last night. Um, and then, yeah, obviously things things happened pretty fast. It had to it yeah. had to happen fast. If it didn't happen fast, it wouldn't have happened. So, um, you know, that's oh, ten years ago, eleven years ago. So, um, yeah, and then obviously got married yeah. um, and then just away playing like New Zealand stuff. I'd have to leave her at home and live in the South Island in Christchurch, go away for maybe two or three weeks and then come back. Um, and it was, I think it was a little bit hard on her because all she, yeah. the only people she knew were my family and my yeah. friends. So she, uh, and That's her school tough. friends. So I sort of felt like, like two reasons, obviously, when I go away here in Europe, she's in her house with her, you know, her family's close, her friends are here, you know, this, this is where she grew up. So she knows the place. So I feel a little bit better, a little bit, like I said before, it's such a cruel game. Yeah. Like it's, like it's so individual. Um, you know, I've got the easy job. I'm out there playing golf. She's here <laughs> doing normal life every day of the week just waiting for me to come home you know so and then also you know like obviously this is an opportunity to step into challenge tour and then into yep. european yeah. tour so i did do a little bit of study before i came over i looked at the euro pro yep. um had a good friend harry bateman come across um he played here two years from new zealand yeah so i asked him what it was like and then I actually sent two emails and I said, I'm coming over for a holiday. Can I have a tournament invite? And Alps Tour replied within within the day and said, yeah. you can play this yeah. event if you like. Oh, nice. It was actually a tournament um, in Italy. Uh, I remember it very well because it was about 40 degrees. It was stinking hot. Wow. And I shot 71, 71, which was par par. <laughs> and I missed and I missed the cut. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is good. Tough. Uh, so then that following season, I went to the Q school in, uh, in La Cala in Spain. So I had to go first stage and I think I finished like seventh or eighth in the first stage, which involved two rounds of golf. And then I had to play the final stage, which was two days later. And it involved three rounds of golf and I finished eighth. So finishing, I think in top 35, you get your full card for the following season. So oh, that was me. On, that was me on the tour. Um, went back to New Zealand, played a little bit of golf in New Zealand and then on the New Zealand PGA and then flew back to Europe. So I think I did the, I think I did crush or New Zealand to Europe three times in about six months the flight so because i come across for european q school so it's a long it's pretty, it's pretty tough but yeah. yeah my first year was on the alps tour was pretty cool i i had four top tens um finished i think i was 28th on the order of merit uh top five on the order of merit on the alps tour they that gets you a challenge to a card for the following season yeah so yeah. everybody's gunning for that top five um you can't make money on this tour I don't even think the guys that uh, finish top five make money. The whole thing is to get your challenge tour to get, oh, off, to get it. Yeah. 
because there's no Q school for Challenge Tour. It's the only way to get into Challenge Tour is to, to go up from one of these levels or to Got fall it. down from European Tour. So, um, But unfortunately, that's the closest I've been to the top five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually off to Mets this afternoon in yep. France. And three years ago, I finished third there. So that was my best finish on the, on the Alps Tour. Oh, cool. um, so so hopefully, yeah, good, that. good memories yeah. going back yep. to this course <laughs> and um, got some very nice people that actually put me up for the week and give me a car and you know it's, it's a little bit like a home away from home over there so I'm really looking forward to getting over there and meeting them or seeing them so oh sweet how yeah. are you going to get over there then is, is do you have to get the train or something or you... yeah so I'll catch a train so uh four hours I'm there yeah nice yeah which is, it's pretty handy, it's nice and handy. Like there are a few uh, difficult places to get to on the Alps tour. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds pretty tricky. Um, but then sort of when you get there, it's sort of uh, all little hidden gems really. Yeah, the course is like incredible, and... like on, online, all the photos of all the mountains and the snow and, you know, the trees looks pristine. Yeah, last week in Trevinia in Italy, in northern yeah. Italy, mate, it's, yeah. You're having a shithole, you just look up and you just like wow. you never get sick of those views. Doesn't matter if the clouds there or not. It's it's a beautiful place. Very, very special. Yeah. yeah. So one of the courses, like are they are the courses awesome? Like they look they look really cool, but um uh, how how do I put this nicely? Like they're not <laughs> they're not great. Not great. They're not they're not like you know, obviously the levels up you go, challenge tour into European tour, that's where the good yeah. quality golf courses are, as in pristine. Like these golf I'm pretty sure that golf course we played last week might have had two or three green keepers. That's it. Oh wow. My golf course here in Morse, I think there's about twelve green keepers, you know. So you go to these country court what I call country yeah. courses. <laughs> the ones not really country courses, they're little village golf courses. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have a lot of money. Um, you probably rock up and pay 40 or 50 euro and play a round of golf there as a green fee yeah. player. Um, Mets, the event that we go into next year, I've been there three years in a row. It's changed every year, the condition. Mm. Like first year I was there, it was playing like a Lynx course. Next year you go there, it's green and soft and <laughs> the fairways are spinning back. So it changes every year. Yeah. Um, but like we have been it does take you to some pretty special places like Tenerife um, played a golf course on the island over there and it's once again it was absolutely stunning um, we go to Guadalupe which is a Caribbean island so 8 hours that's on the Alps tour that's on the Alps tour so it's a French island in the Caribbean Oh, wow. So it's an eight-hour flight from Paris. Um, it's pretty cool, really. Like the Alps tour, they get a awesome. not a special not a special plane, but they get a special discount on one of the flights. So right. you get all the golfers on the same flight. <laughs> um, but it's eight hours away. Um, that golf course there is, you know, it's, it's it's funky. It's it's windy. It's dry. It's really humid. Uh, the grass is like beach grass. So, you know, like 
the greens are completely different. So you really have to you really have to get your practice rounds in and learn every event because they're all they're all different. Every event's different, like completely different. You don't just go from greens that are ten on the stint, ten, ten, ten. It's more like ten, twelve, eight, eight, twelve. <laughs> you know, like it can be. Oh wow. Um, but at the same time, we are playing those golf courses in the best condition they have them for the whole year. So we're pretty lucky. Like we honestly, as golf players, I'm sure a lot of us, you know, do understand, but like we get to see their golf course in the best condition for the whole year because they're normally just trying to get it as good as they possibly can for that one event for the year. Um, But yeah, Austria played in, play in Italy, play in France, uh, played in Luxembourg, play in Spain. We're meant to go to Spain in a few weeks. Um, if coronavirus allows us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously hard times with coronavirus and, you know, Alps tour is the only way the Alps tour survive is when they run, run events. So, mm. you know, they're doing their best for us to, to be able to play. So we're obviously, we've played two events since we've been back from coronavirus. And we every caution uh, that we can take, we take. Yeah. You know, yeah. masks and hand sanitizers on every tees, and no scorecards. You do it all on your phone now. Um, yeah, so helps two of the staff. They're looking after us as players. Um, you know, it's obviously hard for the players, but it's hard for them as well. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like. The standard of players seems really high on that tour, doesn't it? Because the scoring is ridiculously low, isn't it? I know you're just saying the courses aren't super long. Or absolutely, whatever, absolutely. Like, um, way under par. I've, I've done it a few times. You stand on the range and you look down the range and everybody can hit the ball. Mm. Everybody. And you've got... The big fields are 144. The smaller fields are 132. And the top 40 and ties wow. make the cut. So there is 80, and 90, 80 to 90 guys every week missing the cut. Missing the cut. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult to make cuts. I think I've been here, what, this is my fourth season in a row. And I think I've played two events where the cut's been over par. Wow. So if you don't shoot under par for two days, you're not making the cut. You're going home. <laughs> There's one, one course in Spain. We've only been there once, and I just not on the schedule this year. But uh, I think it was last year. I went there and I shot four under, four under, and missed the cut by two. What? So what was the cut? Two the cut, shot. The cut ten was under. ten under par. No. Sure, sure. We were driving it over the corner onto the green, so there were like really, really long par threes. But the hole's still the same size. You still got to yeah. get the ball in the hole. <laughs> I remember I finished the second round in the morning. And I made birdie on my 17th hole and made up and down in my lifetime on the last. And I thought I've just made the cut and then sat there in the afternoon and watched the cut go from eight under to nine under to 10 under. God. So what would it won it like? I think 23 under or something won. But there was obviously a big bunch up there, isn't there? All the top yeah. players. Oh, it's, always, it's always pretty packed. So like Alps Tour, we have three round events. Yeah. Um, so... I actually met that I finished third. It was actually a four-day event. But this year, for some reason, they've changed it back to three days. So 
I prefer four-day events because you've still got the mm. weekend to, mm. to make moves. Or if you're playing well, you've just got to play well again for two more days. But when it's a three-day event and you make a cut and it's top 40, it's very, very bunched. So somebody from 35th spot can come out and shoot eight or nine under. And all of a sudden, mm. now they're in the top three. So guys can, you know, uh, in Austria, I shot one over that last round. I went from tied eighth to tied 26th. So I lost, <laughs> lost spots. <laughs> lost 16, 18 spots on that last day from shooting one over putt. So, God, it seems incredibly know, tight. Like, Yeah. Um, Eli, yeah. Who, who would you say is like the best players? I mean, have you have you played with any kind of standout players on that tour, or any you know anywhere else for that matter? Like, who's who's probably the best player you played with? And... Um, you know, obviously there's guys coming off this tour like um, Jackson Bags from yeah, he's, yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't had the honour to play with him, but I I remember him turning up in Egypt and watching him hit balls, and I thought. Okay. And then two years later, he's on the European tour. Yeah. Um, Anton Rosner from France. Um, yeah. I've, I've only played with him once. Uh, we missed the cut actually together. Yeah. Played with him in the first two rounds of one of the events. But I thought, damn. And now he's European tour player. For, I think he's been there for the last two or three years. Um, you know, like Matt Wallace. Oh, yeah, he's good. Um, unfortunately, I missed him. I arrived just at, just before mm-hmm. he's, to, just after he graduated. So, But he was on the Ops Tour for four years. Oh, I actually, I actually looked and he was, you know, what, what he did in those four, first four years. And it was, for the first three years, was not much. It was 40th, 35th, mm-hmm. 25th or something. And then all of a sudden he won the Order Merit. Yeah, but he yeah. went on a crazy winning spree. If I remember rightly, I think he won four events or something, and four events in six or something. And I shouldn't actually know, but it will never, it will never be done again. The quality of the golfers that are coming through, like if you can win twice on this tour in one season, you're probably going to be a superstar because, mm. yeah. And it, it is quite cool watching guys come off the Alps Tour and go on to Challenge Tour yeah. and graduate through Challenge Tour and then go on to European Tour and now you see them on TV. It's quite cool seeing that, um, you know. But, yeah, like it doesn't matter what golf course you go to, what the conditions are. It could be windy, the greens could be yeah. crap, yeah. the rough could be high. You know that there is going to be – you know the winning score is still going to be 15 to 20 under. Wow. <laughs> because there are guys that are just going to, you know, play good. Like last uh, in Austria two weeks ago, I shot seven under the first day and I knew I wasn't going to be leading. And some, and um, Geordie shot 12 under. He had a putt for 59 and he, he missed it, unfortunately. But I shot seven under and I knew I, knew I wasn't going to be leading. Wow, so you look far back. I was five back after shooting seven under. You're just like, okay. <laughs> you've just got to... Li- you've literally got to go... I think if you go five, 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 you might have a chance of 
maybe been in a playoff. Five under, five under, five under. Yeah. Wow. So, like it's the quality of golf is, you know, so good. Like he had 12, un, 12 under. David Carey um, last year, Trevini, who shot 57, yep. which is 11 under par. Um, you know, this, you know, I've just, I've just gone to Trevini and shot two over, four over, and he shot 11 under in the first round last year. You just like, if you're, if you're off, like we've always talked about it. If you shoot, if you shoot three over in the first round or worse, you need pretty much one of your career rounds the yep. next day yeah. to just make the cut. Like 10 under or something. <laughs> so your, your bad first days have to be like even par. And then you've got to come out the next day and probably shoot two under to make the cut. So, yeah. So I mean, if that surprised you this before you went on the Alps tour, like, um, were you expecting the standard to be that high? You know, the scores that low and stuff. And well, I was, I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to Australia. You know, I always thought you know Australians pretty good at golf. Why? Yeah. Um, and when I did go to Australia, I played a couple of Australian events as, as an amateur, and I was. I straight away knew that I was not good because of the quality of the golfers and the quality of the golf courses that you play in Australia. Um, like, a, I think going to Australia was a great move mm. just, just to see golf. The and, standard, yeah. Yeah, just to see golf out of Canterbury. You know, like I was always in the top. You know, I was always in the, uh, yeah, I was always in the top eight in Canterbury. I was always yeah. in the squad for sort of like those nine years. So I always felt like I was in the top eight. So you're, every time you turn up to a Canterbury event, you're like, I'm going to win. If you don't finish in the top five, you've probably had a poor week. Yeah. I just knew coming to Europe was going to be another step. And then obviously getting that tournament invite and coming across and shooting par par in really, really hot conditions. Like I was patting myself on the back for shooting par par. <laughs> And 40 degrees, I was like, yeah, I remember signing my card after par par and the guy was like, yeah, you should make the card. And I missed by, I think, two or something. Uh, so I, I knew it was going to be, you know, not no disrespect to New Zealand golf and Australia golf because the golfers coming out of New Zealand and Australia are high quality. You just got to look on the, the world order of merit, how many yeah. Australian yeah. Kiwis are up there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like just coming across here and this, yeah, sometimes you have to pinch yourself it's a third tier event. Like I'm playing on a third tier level and you literally, you know, if you have your best week and shoot say 18 under in three days, you go to any other tour and shoot 18 under in three days, you're probably going to win that. Event probably win, well. yeah, definitely. Um, and like I had my very close mate, Marcus Moore, he got off Alps tour last year and went, oh, sorry, two years ago and went to mm-hmm. challenge tour last year. And every every event, he was just ringing me, going, "The course setup is so hard." <laughs> and unfortunately, he lost his card, and now he's back on Alps tour. But yeah, you can. Yeah. I've only been around him for what three tournaments now, but you can see he's, he's a different player. He's a different person because he's because he's been up to the next level. Yeah. You know, and then those guys on Challenge tour, they go onto European tour and compete. No, they, they do. A lot, a lot of them win straight away, don't they? They, you know, yeah. get on the so, stuff. So, like, would, yeah. would you change? Would you do anything differently looking back on your career? Like, would you have turned pro sooner or? No, 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 maybe like, no, I don't know. 
like maybe started golf earlier, but yeah. at the same time, I enjoy playing football. It's a teams mm. event, golf's very individual. Um, turn pro earlier, maybe, maybe not. Like I enjoyed my time playing for Canterbury. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I love the red and black. You know, I love playing for Rusley, my home course. Mm. Uh, wearing the baby blue. Um, nah. Enjoy playing New Zealand. I'd, I want to come back and play more pro-am circuit yep. stuff in New Zealand. And obviously I've enjoyed over here. Unfortunately, I just haven't kicked on and made it into the next level, but it's not it's over been, here. It's been tough this year, isn't it? Like with all your events kind of disappearing yeah, and absolutely. stuff like um, Absolutely. It's, it's a tough year for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So, like how, how have you settled in though? Like, if, I mean, do you like living in Switzerland? You know, how, what are the kind of major differences compared to... Obviously, there's the languages and stuff, isn't it? But yeah, absolutely. Language. Uh, food. My Deutsch is not so good. Um, trying to learn German. <laughs> not very good. Not very good. Um, obviously, that's another big job for me in the winter break when it comes. Yeah. Obviously, we're opposite seasons to you guys in New Zealand. Um, is learned French, German, and Italian and Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, I'm in the German part, so... They oh, speak German, right, yeah. They speak Swiss German, so which is oh, a dialect, wow. dialect of uh, German. So I'm trying to learn German. Um, food, yeah, you just can't go down to the bakery and pick up a pie or anything. <laughs> pie or sausage roll, you know, the comfort foods. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they lots of cheese, lots of bread. I think I'm used to the food. Um, I'm used to the beer as well. The beer's the beer's going down nicely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and then it just for me, just honestly, it's just been so far away from New Zealand, so far away from my my family and my friends back in New Zealand. Like we were meant to fly back on the sixth of October for two weddings, my brothers and one of my best mates, and obviously coronavirus has cancelled our flight and we can't get back. Um, there are ways. There are ways. Really expensive ways. Really to get tough back. ways. Yeah, really expensive. Um, I've talked to my mum and dad about it. I said, what would you do if you're in our situation? They said, look, at the end of the day, it's a wedding. We can still dress up and have a party when you finally get here, which hopefully might be next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, my wife was coming as well. She hadn't been back in three years and I hadn't been back in just over a year. So I was looking forward to coming home and yeah, having a few spates. <laughs> um, and and obviously uh and playing playing golf like we're pretty playing lucky in new zealand golf. the golf courses we have oh know, it's phenomenal like the, the amount of golf courses per person like it's like a second in the world isn't it to like scotland yeah and it's like you say before it was um it's not that expensive is it like it's well you, you can pay sport. anything from ten dollars to a thousand dollars you know like oh, green guess, fees yeah it's, your, it's like mm. it's your choice like but you know there's some really good places out there that you can pay 20 bucks for yeah nine hole golf course like and they're all unique they're all like we're so we're so lucky in new zealand no definitely yeah no it's an awesome i mean that's why because i'm originally from the uk like so moved here and uh yeah just kind of saw all these golf courses everywhere you know that you've never even heard of just yeah like every place has got a golf course back, isn't it? And then, yeah, oh, I'd love to actually go through the golf courses in New Zealand, tick off the ones I've played. I, I'm probably going to say I've played 10% of them. 
You know, there's so many golf there's courses that you just drive past. You don't even see it, but when you finally do, can't remember the course, but I remember driving past one course and there was sheep everywhere. <laughs> and I actually pulled over, did a U-turn and went back and played. And it was like a honesty box, pay your $10. Yeah. I think it was nine holes. Best fun ever. There's thousands <laughs> of sheep, lamb everywhere on the course. I was like, this is so cool. You just got to clean your golf shoes when you come off. <laughs> yeah, there's a sheep poo everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, it was on the South yeah. Island. It was on the South Island. There's quite a few courses like that, isn't it? No, it was in the North Island. Yeah. It was, um, no, it was up by Taranaki, I think. Yeah, in the Naki, somewhere in the Naki. In the Naki. Where, where's your favourite course in New Zealand, like, um, that you played? You know that. Uh, I don't. I don't really have a favourite golf course Anchor, in New Zealand. Yeah. You know, I've been lucky enough. I played the Hills and I played yeah. Millbrook in the New Zealand Open. You know, you've seen those courses at their peak, as in, you know, like the grandstands and the yeah, rope, all roped off and tournament condition. Like they pretty special. What about uh, Europe? What about Europe? Like um. What's the best course over there you played, do you reckon? I've been lucky enough. I played St. Andrews. Oh, nice. Um, I, I played the Dukes and, and St. Andrews as well, just outside. Or yeah. It looks over. The Dukes for me, I've never been to a golf course where I've shot uh, probably like 84 and we only played 15 <laughs> holes. And then I went back the following year and I played yeah. off the tees that were for, further up. Tried my butt off and shot 82. So next time I go, I'm going to play the like the members tees. I've never <laughs> been to a golf course where I've lost so many golf balls and had a, such a hard time that I want to go back. And I think because of that, I probably have to say the Dukes. Like obviously, you know, St. Andrews, the first tee super special. The 17th is probably one of the best golf holes I've ever played on the old. Um, and then the 18th is pretty special as well. So, but, yeah, we get, you know, you, I can honestly go around all courses and go, this is a pretty cool hole. That's a pretty cool hole. Yeah, it's, it's very hard for me just to narrow it down. It, and there's so many more golf courses out there in the world that I've never played either. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a hard one to say. What's no, your favorite is, course in the world? Like, obviously, I'd, I've never been to America and I'd love to get to America and, you know, how cool would play Augusta or something? That would be, that'd be pretty special. And yeah, bucket lists and bucket lists. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm making an effort. I'm going to try to play as many as I can in New Zealand. But um, yeah, there's just there's so many. Like <laughs> there are, and they're all there good. They're all I think we've actually like got a hundred golf courses here in Switzerland. But per pop, per population, it's all of them are very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I mean, like, do, do you kind of get on? How do you feel yourself as like a Kiwi living over in Europe, though? Like, do you, do you stick out like a sore thumb, you know, because you don't can't speak the language and stuff? Or yeah, abs absolutely. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like golf, golf in general, I think it's like it's the best sport in the world because yeah. you get to meet so many different people and everybody you know, welcomes you in with open arms. Doesn't matter where you are from, you know, where you're from in the world. And uh, 
like I made a lot of a lot of friends here in in yeah. Switzerland at my home course, um, and they all love speaking English to me. I think so. Practicing their English, yeah, but... yeah, they're all got nice. very good English. Most of them have got very good good English. Um, you know, I get by with my English, and then when they don't speak English, I don't really get by with my broken German, but I try. <laughs> But yes, I think lots of people are quite interested interested in like where you've come from and why you play golf. And golf over here is pretty pretty new. Um, as in, my course here has been open sixteen years, I think. Okay, so, yeah, I'm meeting I'm meeting like sixty five year old guys that have been playing golf for twenty years. Oh wow! You know, like because that's when they found a golf course. Obviously, like skiing and snowboarding is number one over here, and ice hockey and football. Um, golf is almost a little bit, this is coming from a Swiss person, they say it's a little bit arrogant, a little bit snobby because it's a rich man's sport over here. You know, some of the big golf courses, they pay a lot of money just to, as a, as an, uh, like an entry fee into the club. Yeah. Um, you know, I've talked to families that have, have had to, when they wanted to start playing golf, like him, his wife, and his kid, they've had to pay like 70 or 80,000 francs just oh, to enter into a golf course. <laughs> serious money, serious money. Um, but then you go to my golf course here in, in Bern and Morse, it's so busy. Like you could literally open up a golf course on the other side of the road, and I think it would be just as busy. This is busy, yeah. Um, because it's, I want to say, it's very popular. Lots of people love it because it's a new sport. Mm. Uh, but you're getting all sorts of, you know, you're getting all sorts of ages as well. You're getting mm. like five-year-olds to 85-year-olds playing. So it's, it's quite cool. I think it, it's going to grow big time over the next few years. Lots of people just go on golf and holidays to Turkey or Spain or yeah. the islands or something. And I always go, go to St. Andrews. <laughs> You'll you'll never regret it. It's the best. It's so good. If you yeah. love golf, if you love golf, go to St Andrews. I've been three years in a row. Well, missed last year, but three years in a row before that. It's just a buzz. It's... No, I love St Andrews. I've been there been there a couple of times. So <laughs> yeah, no, like here here we're lucky. We're two hours flight away. You know, fly Zurich to Edinburgh in an hour and a half or whatever. So we're really no, close. That's super close. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's that close. My next job I really want to do is get to Ireland. Yeah, yeah, play, sure, yeah. Take my golf clubs. And like, the, I've met a lot of Irish people on the Alps tour yeah. and they're all super, super humble people. Yeah. And I just want to go there and see their culture and obviously play the golf. So Golf courses are great in Ireland and they've, they've had, they're another country, a bit like New Zealand, isn't it? They've, they've got lots of talent, sporting talent and great golfers. Yeah. And... yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's quite a few Irish guys on my tour there. I've got some serious game. I can put it that way. So, so it's not all it's not just Guinness. They they can play play yeah. golf. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to go and drink pints, meet the culture and play golf. That's you know, that's I've got um, to do that yeah. before I do eventually move back to New Zealand or whatever. Yeah. So I mean what are your goals for the rest of the year? Like are you just gonna hope hopefully, you know, make money on the on the app store, hopefully, you know, get well, more? Like I said, you you don't really make money. 
to be honest, if you can play an event and you can get your money back, I think you're doing well. Obviously, if you win, you pick up like five and a half grand or something. So it's not going to change your life, but it will pay for your next yeah, well, four or five events. So yeah. that's, that is a good thing. But like I said, it's always, it's more, the most important part is the order of merit points. Yeah. So. Challenge tool. Um, I went to Q school last year in December, played very, very poorly and didn't, I got a card, but it's not a very good card. So I'm right. always sitting about 35th reserve for every event. So I've been very, very fortunate and lucky that I've been given a couple of wildcard yep. starts. So I had a wild, yeah, I've had two wildcard starts so far, three, including Mets yep. next week. Um, but I do know if I can go to one of those events and finish in the top 10, that will get me to the following event. Or if you win, you're back on tour. So obviously you turn up, your goal is to win. Second goal is to finish in the top 10. So I do know if I go and play well, then I can obviously make it my destiny. But um, I have been getting, been lucky and getting a few invites. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to play as many as I can for the rest of the year. Honestly, I think there might only be five, four events left. Oh, so it's not many. Uh, we were meant to go back to Egypt uh, end of the season, but it was meant to be at the start of the season, but because of coronavirus, we couldn't go. Um, so they put it to the end of the season, but I think it's still bad in Egypt, so I don't think we'll be going. So they're going to take those off the off the list, but we are playing a season this year. Most tours around the world have just frozen their categories and said, you can play if you choose to, you know, if not, your category is here next year. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the situation where I want them to play and I want there to be a Q school because if they call the whole season off, then I'm in the same situation next year, asking for invites every event. So I don't mind asking, but I don't like asking. I'm going to ask. Definitely until I get one, but yeah, I'd rather not. And you'd not be able to play. It's like I'm going to Mets this afternoon to play on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then there's a tournament down by Florence in Italy next, uh, the, yeah, next week. So I, I'm literally going to pack my bag for one week, and I, I said to my wife, I don't know if I'll see you in one week or two weeks, or it might be four weeks. Oh, wow, that's crazy. But straight after that, there's two two events in Spain. So it's four weeks in a row right now. So I could literally be away one week, or I could be away four weeks. So. Is that just, just dependent on your performance, like your top 10, and also if you... Yeah, absolutely, if I get it, or if I get a, another tournament invite, but obviously I want to make it my destiny and, you know, have a good good event finish in the top 10 which will get me into the next one and then obviously doing that will get me order merit points i'm sitting 45th on the order merit and top 50 you get your card for the following year so i missed last week's cup in trevinia so i went from 33rd to 45th so wow it's it changes overnight and that just yeah either way so if i can go and yeah have a nice top 10 then I'm back straight back in sort of like top 25 on the order merit which is the better category so but that's the goal so I don't because I don't want to go to Q school you never want to go to Q school Q school costs you a lot of money yeah. and it's not guaranteed 
you can literally go there and have a poor week. It's probably the most important week of the year. Like literally you go there, have a poor week. You don't play for the rest of the year. You go and play well, you've got a job for the next year. So my goal was to like, obviously not go back to Q school. And then we're a little bit like what's going to happen because Q school is normally in Spain. Um, and a lot of countries over here have to quarantine when they go back from Spain. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to do my 10 days quarantine if I go to Spain back in Switzerland. Wow, that's it's just, pretty tricky. Yeah, that's a crazy year, nothing, right? nothing straightforward. <laughs> um, my friend came across from England. He's here for six weeks because every time he has to go back to England, he'd have to quarantine. He wouldn't be able to get to the next event. So he's just come over for six weeks. Because, so, you know, we're between like Switzerland and Austria and Italy and France. We can just sort of bounce in between. Mm-hmm. But then when we do go to Spain and come back, then we have to do the, the 10 days. Wow. I mean, how, how did you play? Did you play um, better or worse coming out of lockdown? Like, how did you find the, the layout, you know, when you were stuck at home or stuck indoors? Um, I was really struggling. So maybe it was yeah. a little bit of a blessing in disguise uh the lockdown it happened pretty fast for me over here i literally just got back from egypt playing two events and i'd played nicely i worked hard on over the winter break i played nicely the first cut i missed by one and then i the next event i finished 26th and i think i was like seven seven under par so it was nice and then i came back and i think i was home for maybe two or three days then i decided to go to golf and that day at golf i got told we might be going into lockdown this afternoon. And that evening we went into lockdown. So, and then we were in lockdown for, I'm not sure how long it was, but um, I was in the house trying to, trying to golf. I don't have a backyard, <laughs> so I couldn't buy a net. So I was literally, I was hitting golf putting. balls into a, I was putting, but I was also hitting golf balls into a, uh, do you call it a close horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. putting a duvet on top of the clothes. Yeah. And hitting golf balls. <laughs> mad, I, was, yeah. I was hitting real golf balls into the duvet. And then my friend around the road, he <laughs> brought me over some rubber softballs, uh, which was cool. I, was, I had a great setup. I was chipping, I was hitting balls, I was putting. And then I went out to help my wife's grandpa move some hay for the horses, which was 10 minutes bike away. Yeah. I was there 15 minutes. He said, would you like to stay for a beer? I said, I can't, you know, coronavirus. I just, yeah. i got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't be yeah. outside. <laughs> we, were, we were allowed to go out, but I was trying to do my bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then halfway home on the bike, I fell off. Oh, shit. I was probably doing about 30K. And yeah. I thought I broke my shoulder. Um, and... My shoulder was so bad, I didn't realize I damaged my hand as well. So my right, my right shoulder and my left hand. So I literally, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. No so it forced me, it forced me to stop golf. And all I could do was think about golf, but it forced me to like <laughs> stop doing string drills and stop hitting balls and putting, which was probably a good thing. So it actually gave me a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, then my, my shoulder was pretty bad i got a physio on on online took a video because i was too scared to go to the hospital because of coronavirus yeah, I didn't of course, want yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. like me being a me being a bloke me being a kiwi i was like she'll be right mate like she'll be right <laughs> I, 
I'd rather Ow. somebody that's <laughs> I'd rather somebody that's got coronavirus go to the hospital than me yeah. lying on the bed in pain and you know take somebody's spot. So I just lay at home, took these painkillers and oh, got the physio terrible. online from the from uh, Alps Tour Golf. Yeah, yeah. He's a you know got contacts over the phone. Yeah. He rang me straight away because he thought it was broken. Right. When he saw how I could move it, he said, I don't think it's broken, which is a good thing. So, and then, yeah, like I said, my shoulder was so sore for two weeks, I didn't realize I damaged my hand. And then all of a sudden, my hand become the the main problem. My shoulder was getting better, but oh, my God. hand was still bad. Uh, I went to the do- finally went to the doctor, and the doctor said, if it doesn't heal by itself, it needs a hand operation. Oh, my God. Um. So Jesus. I said, I'll, you know, I'll come back in two weeks, which I, I didn't go back in two weeks. And it's still, to this day, very niggly. So I, I feel it when I, when I warm up. Mm. Like I feel it every day. But normally, I, by the time I get onto the golf course, I've blocked it out. But still a little bit it niggly. Hasn't, hasn't quite healed then, is it? Is that why it's still... Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Mm. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of little bones in there and something it's might like ages to repair, don't they? Yeah. So it might not repair, um, but I can still golf, which is fine. Mm. It's just it's a little bit niggly in the mornings on the warm up. But sort of, you know, by the time I get to the full swings, I'm I'm it's out of my mind and watching where the golf ball's going. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was I was gonna ask you, like, have you got any out of all these places you've been like Egypt and that, have you got any kind of crazy stories, like travel stories or Wild stuff has yeah. happened. I mean, that, that's a pretty crazy story right there. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I got one from Egypt. I'll go for it. I've, I've actually been there a long, long, long time ago, and I, I can imagine. Yeah, go, you, you go ahead, mate. Tell me about it. First time I went to Egypt, I arrived. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning or something, three o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I thought, I thought it's really early in the morning. The whole place will be dead. But Egypt doesn't sleep. Like Cairo, wow. they don't sleep. It's so busy. But anyway, um, Alps Tour, there was meant to be a shuttle and stuff there. A guy mm. holding up a sign saying Alps Tour. And then from there, it was an hour and a half to the golf course. Um, I turn up, I didn't see the Alps Tour sign. <laughs> and I go out into the, like, the, the main sort of exit point and this guy was like yep yep golf course i know where we're going this way. <laughs> i was like no 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 you're meant to have an alps to a sign he said no no i don't have it it's, you know it's in the car whatever whatever <laughs> and he was like how much money do you have and i said oh, i've got like the equivalent of like 30 euro or something which is a lot of money in egypt but not enough for this guy so he made me pull over and get some more money even though that I knew that I didn't have to pay, I knew it was all in the deal. But I was thinking, I'll pay, I'll get a receipt, then I'll get it refunded because it wasn't the Alps to a person. And this guy literally snapped the clubs off me, like took them off me with force. Oh my God. Put them in the club. I uh, put them in the in the cab. And I got in this cab and it was like, the thing was like going to fall to bits. Like definitely no Warren of Fitness in New Zealand, but they don't oh need God. that sort of stuff over there. Get in this cab and we drive like an hour and a half completely lost finds a golf course drive in and i'm like it's not here it's a beautiful resort but it's not here there's no one here so turn up and the manager of the course comes out and says you know what's going on i said i'm going to 
I'm here to play the Alps tour. He said, oh, it's not this course. And he was oh, so yeah. nice. And like, I was, I was lost in a country that I'd never been before. You have no idea where you are, really. I was, I was proper scared. You're scared, yeah. And um, I was very, very tired, proper yeah, scared. Yeah. Didn't know what the fuck was going on. This guy, I said, this guy was like, oh, yes, I know where it is. It's over here. Takes the clubs off me again. Because they're, they're the first things I get out of the fucking car is my clubs. I make oh sure yeah, I yeah, make yeah. sure the driver's out of the car so he doesn't drive off and rip my clubs out. I need my clubs. The most important thing. Or my clubs and my wallet, my ID. Um, anyway, pull over. Oh, the guy was like, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I'm not getting in the car with him. So the manager was really nice. He took me inside and gave me coffee and Wi-Fi. Oh, cool. and yeah. Yeah. A really, really genuine person. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'll have a friend who's a taxi driver, he'll take you to the course. And we were looking on the map and we'd gone the opposite direction. Oh no. So I was three Jesus. hours away from this place. <laughs> and the guy was like, it's going to cost you such and such. I was like, whatever. If this guy knows where we're going, here's the money, just freaking get me there. Because oh at that stage, I was in like survival mode. I just needed to get to yeah, yeah. Just needed to see a face that I knew. And um, he said to He's a taxi driver, but he doesn't finish until 5 a.m. or whatever. I was like, sweet. So he picks me up. We drive. This guy gets lost. Oh, no. I have looked at it on a Google map, and I knew it was like we go through Cairo and just keep driving straight. Just stay on that fucking road all the way to the end and turn left. (laughs) And this guy decides to turn off. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I know. I've seen it on the map that you go straight. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you when you turn off on Cairo, you have to go 50 kilometers up the road to turn around. So we had to go all the way up, turn around, come back, finally got to the golf course. It was a, fucking, the best view I've ever seen. Like just, seeing, <laughs> just seeing guys hitting balls. I'm like, yes, there's a tournament here. Um, so the next year I made sure I flew at the same time as another person. And we just sat in the airport until the Alps to a guy came. <laughs> oh, God. It was a very expensive, Jesus. stressful, situation but then you get to like the golf resort and it is the best place in the world the the golf course is stunning quality golf courses proper proper golf courses and the people like the workers Mm. so humble so humble they were making us lunch they were bringing lunch from their own house to feed us and they would go out to the supermarkets and buy us beers and because we weren't allowed to you're not allowed to leave the area. Um, it's one of my favorite places to go back to for the Alps tour every year is, is uh, Sokna in Egypt. Yeah, they've got to be get those those airports overseas, man. They're just um, riddled with people, aren't they, trying to, you know, pick up lost just tourists hustle. and, and just, yeah, hustle. Just yeah. proper hustle, yeah. yeah. They turn up and they say, oh, fucking tourists. Uh, golf clubs. <laughs> uh, yeah, tourists, I'm going to fucking rip this guy off. Shit, man. I mean, like I said, that's a that's a crazy story. But like, I mean, I guess I mean as long as you got there in the end, but, but it, it could have been worse. Yeah, it was, but, it was scary. It could have yeah, got. I it could have went way way worse. Could have went way worse. But yeah, it cost me an arm and leg. I think Alps were actually they ended up helping me. They reimbursed a little bit of money. Did they feel bad there. though? You know, because like you were there and you didn't know where to go and like no one would help. Yeah, well, like it was my fault. I did get fault, in that. Yeah. I did get in that bandits. You know, like I say, golf, it's, it's all you now. Like, it's, oh, big it's time, all yeah. about you, what you do, your mistakes. But 
yeah, it was, it could have went way worse, but it was pretty, pretty scary at the time. <laughs> no, I can imagine, mate. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just, just um, changing the subject, like, uh, I've been checking out your YouTube channel, you know, Jonesy, mm-hmm. sorry, was it called Jonesy Golf, was it? Jonesy Golf, yeah. Jonesy Golf, yeah. So, um, can you tell me a bit more about that, like, you know, what, you know, what's going on and why you're doing it? Yeah, yeah, so, I, YouTube channel has been on my mind for a, a few years now. Yeah. I finally started, actually, in Egypt, I met an American guy yeah. who does YouTube, oh, wow. and he's like, just do it, just start. So, I started. Yeah. I know I do watch YouTube myself. Mm. I do watch lots of golf stuff on YouTube. I do find myself spending quite a few hours watching, you know, like guys there's some good golf. stuff on there. There's loads of good stuff on there, but there's there is a lot of things on there, isn't there? Like there's yeah, there uh, there are. It's very very hard to even just like get recognised and stuff. Yeah, differentiate. Um, but like my whole idea of YouTube is I don't want to be a coach. There's there's a lot of YouTube coaches out there, mm. so I don't want to like. I don't want to teach people how to golf because personally, I know that everybody can't golf the same way. Everybody has different golf swings. Like if you're, yeah, everybody swings it differently. If everybody could swing it the same, why doesn't everybody swing it like Adam Scott? You know, then you've got, you know, then you've got the opposite opposite swings like Dustin Johnson, you know, like. You've got guys like Wolf and Furek and they all all different on eight. Yeah, nobody swings at the same. So people ask me, oh, how can I do this? How can I do that? I'd be like, go to your feet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your coach. Pro, yeah. Like, I'm, I know how to golf. I've been go- around golf long enough. Like, I know how to tell people, oh, you, you know, look at your stance or something very, very simple. And normally that stance might fix them up. So yeah. I can do the simple stuff. I can't do, like, the very technical stuff. Um, but I... I I want to teach people how to get the golf ball in the hole. So I believe golf coaches, they teach people how to swing the club, but they don't go on the golf course with them most of the time. Like it's the only sport in the world where you don't have your coach alongside you. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed noticed that you're, you're teaching, you know, like the preparation for tournaments, you're like, what's going on in tournaments. You're looking at other players. You're kind of giving those, you know, inside pro tips. So it's, you know, I really enjoy that side of it. Yeah, I want, yeah. So, like, I want to, so I don't want to teach people how to swing a golf club, but I, I want to show people how I practice. Yeah. So, like, it might help somebody out there. They might go, oh, I'm going to try that and practice yeah. themselves that way. <laughs> I'm not teaching you how to swing the golf club, but I'm teaching, like, I'm showing you what I do. I also want to, like, take people on my journey and, like, obviously yeah. show. This is why I wish I started a few years ago because, I, you know, I could take you to Egypt and all that sort of stuff. But I want to like, hey, two years ago I didn't even know how to turn on a computer. So now, now I'm editing videos and I'm looking at TV a different different way, like all the camera changes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just working on my iPhone, like on my phone. So, um, like my goal is to like get a camera and a microphone and all that sort yep. of stuff and get better at editing. And but yeah, it's. Yeah, I just want to give people my experiences. Um, and, and yeah, like lots of people enjoy watching like course vlogs because they want to see the different courses. And no, I think that's, that's definitely interesting. I, I think what I, um, you know, understand what you're saying that there's so much stuff out there for instruction, isn't there? Like every video is an instruction one, and you kind of want to go, well, hang on, what's it like actually playing for these guys? You know, yeah, so, and- yeah, so I want to try and be a little bit different. So, yeah. like, 
uh, yeah, so yeah, like I said, I got Foxy on. I uh, did a What's in the Bag. It was a little bit unique, actually. It was during lockdown, so we did it over the internet. Yeah, I was in Switzerland. He was in New Zealand. But you know, like those guys helped me out. Karen, Karen Muir had him on. Like yeah. I wanted to talk. To, I wanted to talk to him what it was like playing golf in China, because you know I'm in Europe. I don't speak the languages, but most people speak English. So I was thinking, imagine what it's like in China. In China, I know, it must be crazy. So yeah, I just wanted like, you know, like a little bit like what you're doing. There are so many golf pros out there, but it doesn't mean we're all making millions and millions of dollars and on TV every week. Well, I think everyone's everyone's story is different, isn't it? Everyone's got their interesting stories to tell. You know, like you've just told yeah. me all those interesting stories, and I like you. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to some pros, I spoke to some amateurs, I spoke to just people that play a lot of golf, and they might not be have a low handicap, but you know, they've all got they've all got cool stories there. Yeah, and they're all different parts of the world. That's a good thing about this sport; it just brings everybody together. No, it is cool. No, I was thinking. I mean, like, I'm yeah, I'm the same. I just wanted to talk to a few people about golf, basically, and uh, you know, hear some of the stories. Like, I have, I've had some. So yeah, I'm glad I did it. Same as you, really. Yeah, Um, it's another element, isn't it? Just apart from just playing, because you might play it, but you kind of want to learn other stuff as well. And yes, I mean, do how how are you going to keep growing that that YouTube channel? Are you going to do more course vlogs? Yeah, I've I've got lots and lots of ideas. Uh, I was actually really looking forward to coming back to New Zealand because New Zealand for me is a little bit easier for me to obviously I've got more connections in New Zealand. Definitely, yeah. And play a few different like more courses. Like my course here is very very busy. It's very hard to record. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah, lots more, lots more on course. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could say it's just my way of giving back to golf. Oh, definitely. I mean, like even golf. even when I was watching the one the other day, did where you were like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get the train, and then you took a bus and you took the air taxi, and then you were like, I'm practicing, and I'm gonna go yardage book, and it's all this stuff. You know, more like the amateurs. We don't really know much about that, I guess, because we're yeah. just amateurs. <laughs> yeah, I have a That's lot of questions. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot of. People ask me questions like, oh, really? cool. "Do you use lasers?" And yeah, so yeah, that is one I'm going to show you. You, you know, my yardish book, my yep. green book, how you use them, because um, you know it's an it's an art itself. Yeah, and you've got to do it all in the time limit. You know, like oh, the forty right. seconds to hit yeah, your shot. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's much easier picking up a laser and going zap. Yeah, um, I actually thought by now that all tours around the world would be using lasers. Um, I I don't understand why why not. <laughs> um, so I do think mm. maybe one day in the future it could be a big possibility that lasers will be allowed. Um, but yeah, look, you know, doing yardage books and green books and um, yeah, just showing you guys like, you know, we stay in Airbnbs most of the time and mm. you know we cook pasta and two minute noodles. Well, not really, not really. We do eat. <laughs> We do eat well because you know I've always been told is your yeah your you know your body's your machine. Mm. If you feed it feed it shit food, you're going to probably perform shit. So we do yeah. look after ourselves. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just my way of giving back to the golfing community. Yeah. I mean, one day I might become a coach, but I'm not ready to be a coach yet. I'm I still want to be a player, and I just want to give guys ex- my experiences. Yeah, you know, the way I practice, uh, the way I train, you know, what it's like being at a, at a tournament and the people I've met, like I met so many, like yourself, you met so many different good people, 
you know, I, I want to get the world to see them as well. So yeah, my, my plans for the YouTube, like I would love to get it thick. Like, <laughs> probably just gonna, probably just like me and golf. I want to be good at golf. Yeah. I just, I want to be good at YouTube as well. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun experience. Um, I enjoy it. Like, yeah, I enjoy every Don't time. Don't you I'm get frustrated video. though? Like, see, I just wouldn't have the patience, I think, for like a YouTube channel sort of thing. Because, um, you know, you spend a lot of time making a video, you know, and you sort of pour your heart into it or whatever. And then, you know, you might get like a couple of comments and a couple of likes. And there's just so much yeah. out there and they're like... Absolutely. You get some like good comments and you get some bad comments. Some rubbish stuff, yeah. You know, like normally the normally the bad comments are those guys that are keyboard warriors and jealous of, they're jealous <laughs> of what you're doing. Because they can't do yeah. it, you know, or they want to do it and they haven't done it. So, you know, you just, you just have, you're going to get bad comments. You're going to get thumbs downs and, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure. Some videos are going to go better than others. It, it is what it is. Like you can't, you can't go from the bottom straight to the top. You've got to do the work to get there. So who knows? It might be three or four years and I'm still getting 250 views or I might be getting 250,000 views. You know, you, you don't know. And if it, like, like my dad always said, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everyone would do it, for sure. It's like golf and like, the same thing. Like if being a professional golfer was easy, why would everybody in the world not do it? It's you know, it's one of the best lifestyles in the world. Like you play golf, you get paid, you know, sometimes, but when you play well, you yeah. know, <laughs> I travel around the world. I'm from New Zealand. I'm sitting You've here in the world. Yeah. Definitely. You know, last week I was in Italy. The week before I was in Austria today, tonight, I'm going to be in France. Like That's it's amazing, man. I'd love, I'd love to do all that traveling to be honest, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, so, like, even, even with the tough times, even with like, you know, going to all school and, and trying to and getting invites and stuff like that. I mean, like, do you still love, you know, love playing and stuff or does it kind of get to be a bit of a grind, you know, when you're paying for money week in, week out and nah, travel? No, nah, I, I still love it. Still love I've it. been nice. going through a very, very, very hard time the last probably eight, yeah, 18 months with yeah. my golf, like very tough. Like I've tried to explain it to a lot of people and a lot of people mm. don't understand because they've never been in the situation. I mean, I've even talked to my mental coach and I about it a lot. And yeah. I honestly think he doesn't really understand it. <laughs> and I actually come across a guy in Austria who had, who has exactly the same as what I've just had for 18 months. Touch wood. I'm getting rid of it, but it's, yeah. it was really, really tough, but it was like, I couldn't give up because I knew when I do, when it does click, I'm going to, I'm going to win. When I do play, when I put three rounds together, I'm good enough to win. So that's why I haven't given up. Like I know, and I know, it's, I know I'm good enough. It's just, I've got to do it for three days over on here on the ops tour. How did you kind of come out, come out the other side? Like you're saying you're having a bit of a, bad spell you know mentally or whatever how did you come out you know and get back um, to where you are now and stuff and playing good golf and i can't i can't exactly say i'm back to where i was yeah. but i I'm, I'm getting better i mean you know in austria i was nine under for the tournament last week i was six over for the tournament but had what two triples and three doubles or something i had 
it was either really nice or really bad. About that week. <laughs> um, I I was getting a little bit stuck. I was getting yep. in my own way. I was on the range and the practice field, I like practice green, like yep. six days a week. I love the grind. I love being on the practice field. I love hitting buckets of balls and I love putting for four hours. I love it. Like if you don't, if you don't love practice, it's going to be very, very hard for you to get good. But yep. I was not spending any time on the golf course. I was not spending any time getting the golf ball in the hole. So I would go away to my tournaments and mentally I'm still on the practice field because I'm still thinking about my golf swing. I forgot how to get the ball in the hole. Like there's a million different ways to make a par. But I was so golf swing. So I've, I actually forced myself to, um, I've paid a membership here, Monday to Friday membership in Morsedorf since the, uh, the coronavirus is, or the lockdown has been done. Yeah. And I've been playing like, probably three and a half, four rounds a week and not practicing. Like as in not practicing for a whole day. I would go, I'd force myself to go to the golf course 30 minutes before or 40 minutes before, hit balls and go to the first tee and play, just play. And then when I've finished, then I can decide in the afternoon if I want to practice or I want to go to the gym or whatever. Um, so I think that's probably helped. I've just got back to where I used to be in New Zealand. I used to play a lot. I used to practice a lot, but I used to play a lot. So now I'm hopefully trying to get that sort of back to back to good. But like, you know, I missed the cut the other day in Italy. Um, and obviously I can't play the next day because the course has been played for the tournament. So I had to go on the practice fairway. I was on the practice fairway for uh, four hours. Hit balls for two and a half hours and putted for one and a half hours. And I loved it. It was yeah. so good. But I do know as soon as I get to France tonight, yeah. it's too late to play. I'm going to be there at seven o'clock. But tomorrow morning, I'm actually staying on a golf course, uh, which is which is quite cool. So, And I can't play the golf course where the tournament is until 3.30 that afternoon. Yeah. So I'm probably going to play the golf course that I'm staying at rather than practice. So yeah, I'm that's interesting, gonna, though, isn't it? So, I, mean, like, play I mean, you've got to play, haven't you? If, but you've got to practice sometimes as well, like, isn't it? So you've got to kind of balance Yeah, it's got, there's got to be a happy medium. But before, for the last probably like two years, two and a half, three years, I was just, I was practicing. practicing. I would spend like eight hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. Just practicing. So you're hitting the ball better, but were you, you weren't able to, you weren't scoring as naturally and stuff, were you, like, on the course or? Well, I'd, I'd get on the golf course in a tournament and I just, like I, I said, I forget, yeah. forget how to get the ball in the hole. Like I'd yeah. try for the perfect golf swing every time. And obviously it's not going to happen every time or mm. most of the time. And you hit a poor shot, but you, you don't know, like, cause you're just practicing on the practice field where that's flat. You get on a golf course and you've got to slow. Yeah, it's all over the place, yeah. You know, balls above your feet or mm. below your feet or, you know, like, so yeah, I just I just forgot how to get the ball in the hole, and yeah, I was having trouble getting through impact. So I would, it would be almost like I forgot how to hit the ball. Yeah, and I would get struggle going through impact, and it would be left or right, like 
mainly right, but it would be, honestly, it would be three fairways right. Not even on the golf course. Half, I mean, did halfway it, did back it, to New Zealand. Did it take halfway back to New Zealand? I mean, did it take a while to kind of just rack and like, you know, put your hand up and say, yep, yeah, hang on, what do I need to do? How did you address, you know, like kind of like your routines and stuff and your practice and um, stuff that you over-practiced a little bit? It's a, it's a little bit of a, a money thing as well. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's obviously quite expensive over here in Switzerland. Oh, golf, yeah, is, yeah. golf is very expensive. Um, the golf course I am at is 100 francs, which is 160 or 70 New Zealand dollars. Well, every and round, like, so every round you've got to pay that. Yeah, the course is fine, but it's not. Like for me, it's very, very short. It's not yeah, yeah, championship short, golf course yeah. by yeah. any means. Um, Honestly, I think if that course was in New Zealand, you'd probably pay 40 New Zealand dollars maybe yeah, yeah. as a green fee. Maybe maybe 50. Uh, so it's not. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine, but it's not championship. So it was a little bit of a money thing. Like I didn't want to, I couldn't afford to play. Pay yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so this year I've, because yeah. I don't work. My wife's given me like a free run, and my father and my mum, yeah, they give me a free run to do what I what I do, and I'm like I'll never be able to pay them back, but unless I win a major, but yeah. you know they all they all want me to live my dream, like yeah, so I am living my dream. So we just I just had to bite the bullet and mm. pay the money to be a Monday to Friday, and that was from look when lockdown finished till the end of the year. And then I have to go to him the start of next golf season and say, can we do something similar? Mm. But he did, he did help me out a little bit, which was nice, but you know, it's not. Oh, I mean, a lot of pros, you actually, like in New Zealand, like you probably play for free, wouldn't you? I mean, a lot of places. Um, well, kind of attached or... I pay an honorary membership at Rustley. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so it was one of those things when I did turn professional, I went there and said, I am professional not being snobby or anything, but like when you are a professional, yes, you can play any golf course, normally any golf course, but it's more of a, like a ring up and say, is it okay if I come out? 99% of the time they're going to say yes. Yeah. But I don't want to ring up my golf, my own golf course every day. So I pay an honorary membership. Yeah. I still pay it now. I haven't been there for like two years. Um, but yeah, I'm still attached to them. Yeah, cool. Um, which is, yeah, obviously. it's the golf industry. Everybody in the golf industry, like, they just want to help each other, yeah. which is which is so cool. Um, oh, that's awesome. I mean, do you see yourself coming back to New Zealand one day, you know, later on playing events here or Australia? Or, Abs or absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I spent a season, my wife and I, we spent a season in a van driving around the North Island playing oh, Pro-Am oh, circuit. How cool is that? <laughs> which was so good. We just went Sounds from golf amazing. course to golf course, played event, event after yeah. event. I think like we were away for maybe like three months and then did yeah. it again for another three months in the second half of the year. I want to do that again. Like That sounds cool. I mean, like, you wouldn't sort of make a fortune, but you, you'd have a good time doing it, wouldn't you? Like a nice lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, if you play well enough, you can make a little bit of money in the New Zealand. Yeah, make a bit of money, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I've definitely made more money on the New Zealand tour than I have on the Alps the last four years. But um, 
yeah you can you, you can make a little bit but it's, yeah it's just so it's such a fun experience but yeah we do we do we do we've we've done the big talk my wife and i about moving back to new zealand um it will happen um and she's <laughs> she's all for it she's all oh, for nice. it so my wife loves the ocean and obviously the ocean is everywhere in new zealand yeah a lot of that down and there. yeah i'm you know really close to my family so yeah like i say that's the hardest thing about being over here is is you know family and friends and you know my my really good mates are you know had a baby and i haven't even met the baby and my other best mate is getting married and now i can't go because of coronavirus but i was going to be yeah. there so yeah. um you know it's just like you're missing those parts of life um but yeah i know my wife has family and friends over here as well so it's uh it's never going to be easy. That's it. That's the only bad thing. It's literally the other side of the world. And it's literally, you know, it's not like you can just jump on a plane and go back for the weekend. You've literally, you've got to, you've got to go back for four or five weeks just to make it worth it. So it's going to be something that we're going to obviously have to Maybe deal a couple, with. a couple of years down the track then. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of thinking this might be my last year of playing golf as a professional on on the Ops Tour, but because of coronavirus and it hasn't, it's been a bit of a shitty year. Mm. I want to go again next year, but like I say, you, I could go out and win next week, and then all of a sudden you've tra- you know your plans change again. Mm. You know, the ideal world could be on European Tour in three years, just yeah, go definitely. step by step by step, or go to European to like it can change so fast you can have two good weeks in a row and you know on those big tours it changes your life and on these little tours it it just points you in a different direction it gives you more yeah. opportunities yeah. so it could it could change um and obviously I'm up for it to change you've got to be you've got to keep go, haven't you? like so yeah just keep keep at it isn't it and it'll yeah just keep exactly it. put three together three rounds together yeah, my three I mean, good rounds are going to win. Yeah, but you've, you've proven you can shoot the score, can't you? It's just like, say, putting it together and, you know, you've got the Absolutely. game to do it like in a... All right, mate, look, yeah. um, look, thanks so much for talking to me. I uh, really appreciate it. It's interesting lifestyle over there and all those different countries. Didn't realise, when you said Alps Tour, I just I kind of thought, I don't know, Austria, maybe Italy. <laughs> There's just so yeah. many countries in there, Egypt. But where else was the other one? Bahamas, was it? No, Caribbean. Caribbean, uh, yeah. Yeah, Guadeloupe. Guadeloupe. So where are you? You're off to France today, eh? Yeah, Met. So it's uh, just just north of Paris. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to Like everybody can actually follow now live scoring as well because we have no scorecard. So we put the live scoring on our phone. Yeah. And it goes straight into the, obviously, the computer. Yeah. Alpstourgolf.com. Nice. No, I'll definitely yeah, follow that. And um, I'll, I'll try and get everyone to follow Jonesy Golf on YouTube and all these new videos that are coming up. Absolutely. My way of, my way of giving back. So. No, they're very good, man. And I, I love, love what you're doing there with, you know, taking a different approach and, and kind of getting inside the ropes in there and showing life on tour, not just, you know, all those drills that you see, thousands of the same thing. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to fix, fix your slice and 
I'm trying to fix my <laughs> slice. So I hate that because I, I just can't. I I couldn't. I couldn't um, hit a slice to save my life. Like, and every drill is stop hitting a slice, and I don't think I've ever hit a slice well, since I was about I don't know ten. But anyway, probably the most Google thing on YouTube. I know. How to fix a slice. If that maybe that's my way of getting into the uh, YouTube world is make a video how to fix a slice. <laughs> I'll just I'll just put the title as that and then just have it as a different different video. Yeah, I don't think Colin Montgomery bothered bothered googling fix my slice city. You know, really. I mean, yeah, look, good good luck, man. I hope you win, win, and you know, get get where you want to go and stuff. And uh, good luck this week and uh, all that. I'll, I'll definitely follow up on uh, Alps.com and follow YouTube as well. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Bye, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks.